What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Success Bug. You are not going to want to miss this one. We have an entirely new segment. As you know, we've started covering the net worth of successful celebrities and entrepreneurs. But some feedback we've gotten is that a lot of it is just me talking to myself most of the time. So I thought who better to bring in and help me cover the net worth of these successful people than my own co-founder, Marcus Cook. He'll be on with me covering the net worth of these people. We're going to have a good time. We're going to chop it up. And you're going to learn all about how these celebrities, entrepreneurs, etc. built their massive net worths. The premise of these episodes is that I will try to have Marcus guess who the celebrity or entrepreneur that we're covering is with little hints and facts about them before actually diving into them and giving it away. Without further ado, we'll be covering Rob Deirdrick. Let's see if Marcus can guess who that is with the facts that I give him. Please enjoy. So I, my facts for this person are half from the blog and half from some other websites. Okay. Um, I'm just going to give the, the gender this time. He is considered an athlete. Mm-hmm. He wears flat brim hats a lot. Flat burn hats? Flat brim. Flat brim hats. Okay. He was a staple of the 2007 to like 2010 years on TV. For his sport. Kind of. Yeah. Like it involved his sport, but it wasn't specifically his sport. Okay. Last one. He was famous for having, this one's going to kind of give it away. He was famous for having a best friend. Famous for having a best friend? Yeah. And he was an athlete. Yes. Prominent from 2007, 2010. Yeah. Who wore flat brim hats. Who wore flat brim hat? Why do I feel like I have no clue? So I have one, and I know this isn't going to be it, but I'm thinking Usain Bolt. Okay, no. No, that's not it. That's we'll, not it. We'll, okay. we'll, go, we'll throw in a, a little help in that he's white. <laughs> he's white? Yes. Wow. White, prominent for three years. Think outside the box with, with sports, too. See, I might see. I'm gonna think something like Joey Chestnut, or like some like <laughs> not that outside the box. <laughs> just a, just, it's athlete. like a sport that's definitely a sport, but people don't think of when they first start thinking of sports. Wow, sport that's a sport. People don't think of it as a sport. Is it going to be like skateboarding or something like that? Yes, Tony. No, not wow. Tony. A different skateboarder. Different skateboarder. Not nearly as famous as Tony. He's not like. Not famous, not as famous for Tony for being good at skateboarding. See, I think skateboarding is the closest I'm going to get. And also, <laughs> keep in mind, I said he was big on TV from the 2007 to 2010. Oh, why do I feel like it's like Rob or, yeah. Rob, dude. You know, I have to look up like a pronunciation because I can't say his name. Rob, like Diedrich or Diedrich? I think it's Deirdrick. Deirdrick? But I don't want to mispronounce his name for the, this entire. I'm just going to say Deirdrick. I think that's what it is. All right. How much do you think his net worth is? It's more than you would think, or I would think. I mean, I know he was, I know he was fairly famous when I was talking to one of our writers about it. I'm going to go like 50 to 75 million. His net worth is $100 million. That's crazy. Which is actually kind of like, I wouldn't expect that. I know it's, I guess it kind of makes sense, but after seeing all the net worths that we've seen, like, I feel like it's, it, it it seems like kind of high. I don't know. Like I I know he was very popular, but I I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised by that. Yeah, I mean, like to put that in comparison, like I'm pretty sure Drake 
only has a net worth like a net worth of like only 180 million only 100 yeah right million. like i'm a scoff at 180 million yeah but like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, like only 180 crazy. only yeah right he bum can't even put a fuel in his jet <laughs> yeah <laughs> yo it is though 180 but, yeah. million mm-hmm. yeah, that's crazy that he's like kind of like within a hundred million of Drake, like just no one really knows who he is. So it's just funny how like people who like, we don't really know can have like a nine figure net worth, which is insane. Yeah. Except for us. Like I said, he was like a mainstay for MTV 2007, Mm -hmm. 2010 fantasy factory. I was a big fan of that. Not a big fan. I used to Mm -hmm. watch it sometimes. And Robin big, I was never like, that's, that was when I said it was his best friend, friend. big black. I used to watch that sometimes, but it wasn't like, I just knew it was super, popular fantasy factory i definitely used to watch it just because it was like cool to watch it i never i never saw any i literally didn't know about him until he went up on the blog i was like who is this dude and oh you didn't know who he was i literally had no clue oh really i never heard of that dude in my life you never you never like seen him on mtv or anything like you never Never. heard of fantasy factory i never really watched mtv like i didn't really watch Mm. too much tv growing up like outside of like i don't know when i was like a kid like spongebob type of thing so yeah like there's like a big like kind of gap in my like TV like uh, memory banks. So yeah, no, that is true. For yeah. for content, yeah, we're like 23, and like at that time, I think there was like a period of time where MTV became very popular for people yeah. our age. Yeah, and I only watched that. That was like the only show that I actually did watch sometimes. Okay, but other people were watching like like 16 and Pregnant, like Bro Code. Or like mm-hmm. guy code and girl code and all that stuff. Like, like a I, thousand ways to die. I think that was yeah, really, yeah, like, yeah. And then it was like yeah, Fantasy Factory ways. and Robin yeah. Big. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, those were like super popular shows mm-hmm. and ridiculousness, which is like kind of yes. like America's funniest home videos. But for, yes, yeah, like, like a Tosh point type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So when you like, I, I guess when you say it out loud, then it kind of makes sense that he has so much money because that's like yeah. three very successful shows. But his story is kind of interesting because. He really was good at skateboarding. Like he wasn't just mm-hmm. it, he had like very popular shows, but he actually was a very you know good skateboarder. He's obviously known for being in Robin Big, Fantasy Factory, Ridiculousness, but he was born in Kettering, Ohio. Ohio itself is like if you're outside of like the major cities, as far as I'm aware, it's like kind of rural. So yeah, very much. There's probably not many opportunities to become a famous skateboarder but it was became an early passion for him he started skating at 11 years old professional skateboarder neil blender gifted him his first skateboard why or how we do not know i don't know how i don't know how he met a professional skateboarder yeah but he i guess he had a relationship with neil blender who i've never heard of but he was a professional skateboarder there are a lot of low-key professional skateboarders that you probably have never heard of i feel like everyone knows tony hawk and then it goes off a cliff like an actual skateboarder for sure yeah yeah. like there are a bunch of like just very low-key like you could probably pass somebody on the street who's a professional skateboarder sponsored by multiple brands you would have no idea who they are none so he became obsessed with the sport and the idea of being a professional skateboarder and he would literally just like practice all the time and he mm-hmm. would skate every day after school and basically just to chase his dreams, which makes sense. Cause he was in rural Ohio. Yeah. What and, else is uh, there to do? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he was a talented skater at such a young age. He was able to land his first sponsorship at 12 years old. So that's actually wow. pretty crazy. Like it is very hard to get a sponsorship. Yeah. I feel like for multiple reasons, one, because you have to ha- you have to have exposure. Yeah, you know he had to have been skating well enough to get actual exposure, and not only that, but he was in Ohio. It's not like he was in a major city, so he must have actually just been that talented. Where yeah. 
he was he was seen by enough people in such a small town to actually generate buzz. Yeah. And what's crazy is like this is like way pre-internet too. So like this is like before like he wasn't uploading anything to YouTube. Like he must have because if he was born, I think it's 1974. Yeah. He literally would have no way of like publicizing it through the Internet. So, yeah, he must have just been that good. Yeah. That many connects where he got it. Word of mouth. Like, yeah, I mean, he did have a relationship with Neil Blender. So that definitely helped a little bit so maybe that Mm -hmm. but uh, regardless his talent had to have been good enough to be that young to get a a sponsorship so when he was 16 him and neil blender actually started their own skateboarding company alien workshop i don't know if you've seen that brand before i definitely have is it big it's a pretty big brand as as far as Mm -hmm. i'm aware i was i had like a skateboarding phase in middle school (laughs) so like I would see like I that I do remember like Alien Workshop was a cool one. It's just like a logo of a, a green big alien head. And okay, they make, I definitely like, know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and they make like skateboard decks, like truck, like all the actual pieces of the skateboard. Like yeah. they make certain designs for all of them, like wheels and trucks and decks and all that stuff. Got it. So I never knew that. I never knew that was his brand. But he was all in on skating. He dropped out of high school and moved to mm-hmm. Southern California to continue his skating career, which was probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily for him, after taking that huge risk, he actually found another sponsor very quickly, Drawers Clothing, which mm-hmm. is now, if you can guess, what famous brand that became, Drawers Clothing? Just DC. DC Shoes. DC Shoes, yeah. I never knew that either. They yeah. sponsored him, and he began riding for them in 95 and was with them until 2016. So that is oh, wow. 19 years. Yeah. I wonder what ended it. Um, I mean, when you're worth a hundred million, you don't really need sponsors anymore. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's just more work for you at that point. Exactly. Exactly. He also is the founder of the street league skateboarding SLS. Mm-hmm. It's an inter- international competitive game, which consists of 25 professional street skateboarders who compete for a large monetary prize. Mm-hmm. There is a $1.6 million purse for one of the games, making it the the largest overall purse in the history of, of the sport. I'm assuming purse means like prize. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually what they mean in UFC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. the league also does great work for the community and is partnered with the boys club of America to create new skate parts across the Cal- across the state of California. So it seems like his two big cities where he, you know, actually did things professionally were Ohio and California. So he gave mm-hmm. back to mainly California, I guess, because that was where most of his professional experience. That's came probably, from. yeah. This is what I was talking about earlier. Robin big Rob Deirdrick's fantasy factory ridiculousness. These are the three big shows that kind of made him rich, exploded his net worth, all that good stuff. He made his first appearance on MTV with the show Robin big, which aired from 2006 to 2008. So it was actually a reality TV show and it filmed the everyday life of Deirdrick and his close friends. And it was actually his bodyguard, Christopher big black Boykins RIP. He passed away like, I think like three, five years ago. Okay. But yeah, I said best friends because like they were like synonymous at one point when we were kids. Really? I like Robin Big, yeah, it was like Robin Big. They had a really good dynamic going because he was just like this big black dude and like mm-hmm. this small white guy. Yeah, but they were like mad funny and just like spontaneous and did they just like did stuff together. They would just buy expensive stuff, go skateboarding, and they would just try to like break world records and stuff like that. Rob Jerdrick actually set twenty one Guinness World Records for skateboarding, and Big wow. Black set two eating records <laughs> while they were on the show, which is kind of okay. crazy. I mean. It's 23 world records. 
I yeah. mean, I guess when you have a budget just to do stupid shit all day. Just to do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we could figure it out too. Yeah. Like, that was dope. <laughs> <laughs> I had a whole, that they got paid to do that. Yeah. The, unfortunately, the show was short-lived, but it was iconic. Mm-hmm. It had like a cult following type of deal for MTV. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much essential to his his net worth, his wealth, Rob Deirdre, I mean, because he was able to use the show basically as a marketing engine for his sponsor, which was DC at the time. So mm-hmm. he made a lot of money through DC just by being able to consistently wear their gear while he was on the show mm-hmm. and obviously it was a show that had millions of viewers every single time it aired so during the three years when it did air the revenue for the company increased by over 300 million dollars wow and on top of that he was making sixty thousand dollars an episode he increased their revenue for the company by over 300 million dollars so he I, he had to have made a ton of money just from mainly the sponsorship with dc yeah rob deirdrick's fantasy factory after the last season of Robin Big, he kind of kept the ball rolling with Fantasy Factory. Now, this was the one I do remember more. Robin Big was, like if you said, it came out earlier. Um, it mm-hmm. aired in 2009. It covered um, his Fantasy Factory, which was basically just a converted warehouse where Deirdre ran his business. And it had mm-hmm. like a foam pit, like basketball hoops and indoor skate park. It was like, a, you know, those places you go to where everything is like trampolines everywhere and stuff. And like, yeah, just like a fun house. Type yeah, thing. it was like a fun yeah. house. Like okay. it aired for seven seasons to compare to Robin Biggs three. Mm-hmm. Um, so he basically just further established himself within the television industry. And at that point, he I would say he was like a household name. I mean, he his salary for that show was he made $60,000 an episode for Robin Big. He was making $100,000 an episode for Fantasy Factory. So, okay. And at this point, not only was he making DC all this money, but now he's making MTV all this money because people yeah. love the show so much. I'm actually sitting here because I was curious if Robin Big was so popular, why it stopped running. But mm-hmm. apparently that was uh, Rob's decision. So MTV came back to him. Uh, it says MTV originally approached Diedrich with the prospect of shooting an additional season, but Deirdrick knew it was time for something different. Mm. So, and it says even here, my businesses were being affected. My skateboarding was being affected and I hated it was being filmed at my house. Mm. So I think so, which is interesting because then it seems like, yeah, the next one that he does is Fantasy Factory where it kind of shows him running his business. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty interesting that, yeah, it was stopping like, so I can, not that I know how the conversation went, but it might've been along the lines of, well, if you can't do Robin Big anymore, can we do something that like is still in the reality TV space, but allows you to support your business, which if yeah. fantasy factor is kind of just like a day in the life of him running his business and allows um, him to pair the two. That makes sense. Cause he wanted to be able to, so he, in a way he was able to continue running his business while also being on TV. Well, exactly. Yeah. So may, that might be why fantasy factor. I mean, that might've been the pitch behind fantasy factor is mm-hmm. like, yeah, can you still be with us? But it allows you to run your business as well. That's very interesting. I would have never known that because yeah. he was so like, like, even though he was running his business and everything, that show was so, they would do kind of, it was kind of like Robin Big. Like, they would do mm-hmm. whatever they wanted. Like, yeah. They would just do like skateboarding in their big fun house and just do whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, I guess you would see Rob, like, doing his business, but it was always, like, entertaining. Yeah. So, smart move by him. I mean, honestly. Incre- I mean, I'm sure he would, they would have paid him more on Robin Big anyway, because it was so popular, but mm-hmm. um, he increased his, his salary for that show by like 40, gra- 40 grand. So, yeah. Can't really say much to that. His current show, on MTV, which I can't believe it's still running, but his current show is called Ridiculousness, which first came out in 2004, which most people are pretty aware of. Um, when I said that, that sounded like one that you you had heard of before. Yeah, that's like um, the only one that I heard of before. Yeah. And he co-hosts a show with longtime friends, Chanel West Coast and Sterling Stilo Brim. The trio narrates as hilarious comedy clips are shown on a big screen in front of a live audience. 
So it's actually one of the most watched shows on MTV in history, and it's become an attraction for celebrities who sometimes make guest appearances, mainly because of his like sense of humor. It's very attractive, and mm-hmm. uh, he has a very energetic personality. So he's, he's just a very good TV personality, obviously, or he wouldn't have been on screen for all these years. Yeah. Um, but now he's commanding literally 160 grand an episode, which has really helped him grow his net worth, obviously. I have to check the frequency of how often ridiculousness comes out, but... They definitely make at least two episodes a month. So that's at least 300 grand a a month just from salary of ridiculousness. Not to mention the fact that he was still sponsored by DC at the time, probably had other sponsorships too. So that's mainly, it makes more sense when you say it out loud, I guess, because it seems to be that there's more money in TV than music, depending on who you Mm -hmm. are. Because, you know, Drake's been around for well i'm sure we'll go over him at some point in the future but he's been around for years too and yeah 2008 2006 yeah, yeah exactly and i would say he's more well known than rob Deirdre. Oh, yeah now. yeah by far by far but his net worth is only 80 million more than his yeah yeah it just kind of uh yeah no yeah. it's interesting how like you know you don't fame doesn't always equate to um net worth you know some yeah, of the most exactly. famous people in the world might only have a fraction of a net worth of someone you've never heard of yeah to your point that tv especially is one of those that uh, you can be just a kind of successful person not to say he's only kind of successful like you can just be successful in tv versus the greatest debatably artist of all time in drake yeah and still have comparable net worths you know yeah no exactly like yeah. We've we've covered so many people who have like net worth of like six hundred million, like mm-hmm. seven hundred million, and yeah. Drake is obviously more well known than they are. At the end of the day, it's it's just kind of what makes money and what doesn't. And exactly. Clearly, TV is a, is a way to make money. TV and film. But yeah, I mean, on top of skating and being a reality TV personality, he has shown that he does have a good business mind. Uh, as we mentioned, he was running his business on Fantasy Factory. So mm-hmm. his first business was called Onion Trucks, which sele- which sells a select line of metal parts that attach to the wheels of a skateboard. Mm-hmm. Trucks is one of the things that I was talking about before. It's like one of the pieces on the, the skateboard um, kind of holds the wheels together. Yeah. Um, if I'm correct, but it was not quite the success he expected, but it did allow him to kind of get his feet wet in the business world. It gave him just basically a taste of what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. So he mm-hmm. it, even though it didn't go well, he just was able to get some experience. Yeah. So now, I mean, he holds around 18 companies, either as a founder or investor. Um, and as an entrepreneur, he primarily focuses on brands that kind of have a clear exit path or 50-50 partnership. So mm-hmm. for most of his investments, he has a large stake within the company so he can benefit from dividends. But the strategy is basically just created an abundance of cash flow. Shout out Mario, enabling him <laughs> to have the capital to find new brands. Mm-hmm. So... Some of his biggest ventures he had started or is a part of are Wild Grinders, Deerdick Machines, DNA Distribution, Ultracast, Black Feather Whiskey, all stuff we've never heard of before, but has made him tons of money. I've never even, yeah, I've never heard of Black Feather Whiskey. Those are ones he was a founder of. And then as an investor, he's an investor in UFC, uh, Beach Whiskey, Beatbox Beverages, Stance, those socks, which have all the the funky patterns. Okay. And Ultracast. As of... You know, as we mentioned, as of 2021, he has a net worth of $100 million. He built the empire and has solidified himself as a successful entrepreneur, kind of similar to Master P. He was able to diversify himself as a businessman, so he didn't just stick strictly to skateboarding and TV. Mm -hmm. He's now one of, I guess, the more influential skaters of all time. And he's definitely going to continue to make millions because ridiculousness is still going and still making money. Yeah. Um, Very different from Tony Hawk. Very, very. Yeah. 
which I think goes to show the importance of diversification because I don't know Tony Hawk's net worth. It could be higher than uh, Rob's, but just showing that, you know, as I was saying before, Tony Hawk is the most successful skater of all time. Yeah. But if he just stuck to skating, you know, he severely limits his net worth, you know? So I think, you know, a really cool takeaway, which this might be one of the takeaways from the mm-hmm. uh, piece is how important it is to diversify your income streams. Yeah. And Deirdre seems to do a really good job of that. Yeah, I would say that is basically one of the key takeaways. I mean, it's one of them is take risks. So mm-hmm. you could kind of group that with diversifying. Like he wouldn't be who he was if he didn't move to the West Coast and try different things and not just stick strictly to skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was risky. I mean, he moved from rural Ohio. He made a bet on himself and now he's worth millions. So um and not only that, but he did lose things too. Like his first business venture was unsuccessful. He kept his head up and he learned from his mistakes. And now he has an umbrella of profitable companies and investments. So yep. you can never actually lose in life in a way. You can just kind of learn and, yep. and adjust. So once you kind of adopt that mindset, I guess, and embrace losing, because you know it will only make you better. And I feel like Rob mm-hmm. Ginger is a pretty good example of that. 100%. Um, right. One thing I'm looking at now is uh, for ridiculousness. How many, I'm trying to see how many episodes there have been. There's been 690 episodes. <laughs> So you said he was making how much God, an episode? Yeah. Hundred grand an episode. Wait, one hundred sixty grand an episode. So six for ridiculousness. One sixty. All right. Well, why do I feel like that number might not be right? Well, <laughs> what is it? A billion? <laughs> it, no, it literally is like one hundred and ten million. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? Because you know, I'm assuming he doesn't get to keep all of that. But you know, you have an yeah, agent. Taxes. You have different people. Yeah, you have taxes, so you don't get to keep all that money. But just to show how much he has made from ridiculousness, yeah. and, and I mean, they have twenty seasons, which is yeah. crazy. And when know? he started, it also probably wasn't exactly one sixty. Yeah, he um, might but have it's still sixty. It was still probably at least one hundred k. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can assume he's at least made like tens of millions of dollars at the just from the show, just for just from this one show. Ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it comes down to that, I guess, you know, the, the net worth makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, when you read it out loud, you almost think it should be more. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. As you see it. I mean, it just I feel like that's one interesting thing about net worth is like people don't take into consideration that like you don't save all your money. You know, it's like, oh, that yeah. Dude, made a hundred million dollars, but he probably has a $20 million home, which would be part of your net worth, but who knows if he's renting it or anything like that, or just any, you know, you probably just live a different lifestyle. You're flying private instead of Mm. commercial. So you're doing things that are, you know, you're living a million dollar lifestyle. So you are eating into your hundred million, you know? So yeah. So just because someone makes a hundred mil doesn't mean they really walk away with a hundred mil. That is true. It probably, that's probably why you see entrepreneur, like real, not, not real entrepreneurs, no disrespect Mm -hmm. to Rob Deirdrick. He's an entrepreneur, but like, yeah. Like, you know, when you think of like Mark Cuban and like, like Barbara Corcoran, well, like those are people who value like actually owning stuff and yeah. having stakes in multiple like huge businesses. So that's why they have such mm-hmm. high net worth compared to somebody like Rob Deirdrick, like you said, who probably you can assume has lives a, yeah. really uses that money a lot for a lot of different things. Yeah. A lavish lifestyle, probably. Yep. Well, no. that's our guy. I mean very different from Tony Hawk. Like I said, like he's, he made, he paved his own unique way in skateboarding. Like he made, he maximized, not maximized, but he really took advantage. He squeezed the life out of skateboarding. Like, I feel like that's the most money you can make like doing something like that. And he, he really took advantage. So shout out to Rob Deirdre. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking now. Uh, so it seems like Tony Hawk does have him beat at 140 million. Mm. Um, I would hope. 
Yeah, right. But that's what I'm saying. It's crazy because I really have not heard of Rob Deirdrick really. You know, I, yeah. I might be in the minority because I guess a lot of people have seen the MTV show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like if you were to ask anyone, you know, who's worth more, I feel like everyone would say Tony Hawk, but only like 40% more than Rob Deirdrick, who really isn't even a professional skateboarder. Just goes to show how how good of a businessman and entrepreneur he was to diversify his income. Yep. No, big. I mean, for, for crazy, honestly, that he's only forty million below the greatest skater of all time, and of you've never time. even heard of him. Before. Yeah, literally. And you're probably not the only one. I mean, definitely a lot of people know who he is, but it, it is crazy. He, that's why he's more of like a TV personality too. Yeah, um, like Tony Hawk is like athlete like yeah. what, what greatest athletes ever he's definitely a great skateboarder he wouldn't have been mm-hmm. sponsored by all these brands if he wasn't but he's not um, on that level of tony hawk yeah no but regardless shout out to him like more than our net worths are so <laughs> right now <laughs> slightly, so, slightly slightly more yeah, um yeah. he's got us beat by like a million but that's it um <laughs> we'll probably pass him in the next few months yeah. uh, but until next time uh he He's our guy, Rob Deirdrick, and now you know his net worth. You probably did before because you saw the title of this, but now you know why and how and where it comes from. Feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. We'll be able to answer them because we know everything there is to know about everybody's net worth. <laughs> everything you need to know about the homie. Yeah, we oh, have. God. We're the source. We run his PR. Yeah, so <laughs> just, just hit us up on Instagram. Yep. All right, y'all. Until next time. All right, later, guys.